In this series, we've been talking about what brings us together and what <clears throat> keeps us together. And we, we, we differentiate the two because sometimes people are brought together that after a little while of being together, they start struggling on how to be together. Whether it's in marriage or in business or in church or whatever it may be, there, there's a struggle that goes on. And so sometimes people are together dreaming about not being together. <laughs> I'm glad nobody in this room knows what I'm talking about. Last service, wow, they all knew what I was talking about. It was terrible. I'm kidding. In our, in our text this, in this series, we've been talking through Acts chapter 2, verses 41 and 42. And if you're a note taker, you'll find opportunity to take notes there in your bulletin. And uh, I encourage you to do so because it helps you. It helps you understand what you're learning today. And it helps with the retention of it later on. You can go back and reference it. So Peter is, is telling the story of Peter on the day of Pentecost. And it says in verse 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Now we've talked about the apostles' teaching. We talked about fellowship, the Lord's Supper, the, the common memories that people in, in the church have together to celebrate like we just did a few moments ago. We call it communion. And today we're going to talk about prayer. Prayer. Our big idea today is this. Prayer is fellowship with God. Prayer is fellowship with God. It's the ability to communicate with God. Fellowship with one another is important. And fellowship with God is important. And so prayer is our ability to fellowship with God. And God communicates to us in many ways. He's constantly speaking to his people. We're, we're doing the, the, uh, the reading, the, the uh, divine mentor devotionals together as a church. And we started in January. We're, we're continuing on. And maybe, maybe you didn't jump in in January. Jump in now. There's, it's never too late to start reading the Bible and doing devotions consistently. And, and maybe you've skipped a few weeks. Don't try to go back and catch up. Just start where you're at today. Just, 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 there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So don't feel condemned about it. Just pick it up again and keep on going. Maybe you've been reading, but you haven't been writing and, and taking notes. We've been writing down the Scripture. We've been writing down our observation of the Scripture. We've been writing down our application of the Scripture in our life. And then we've been writing a prayer to try to solidify that application into our own worlds. And I've been, it's been beautiful to hear testimonies from this congregation uh, repeatedly throughout the year. Just people coming up to me saying, I I've never read this much of the word. I I've never read this. And one, one person said, hey, do you, did you know the Bible cares about certain things or God cares about certain things? I just read in the scripture that God really cares about some things and God has some promises for me. And, and it was exciting to hear. And it's, it's beautiful to hear. There's no condemnation in that. It's a wonderful thing to see people hearing from God, receiving from God through his word. And that's one of the primary ways that God does speak to us is through his word, reading and teaching. Then we have his power, his power through creation and miraculous occurrences. The scripture records that we see God's miraculous power at work in creation itself. And then we have miraculous things that occur in our lives. 
And you might be one who says, listen, I don't know if I believe in miracles. I don't know if that actually happens. I don't know if that's real or not. And I will just tell you, uh, it's hard to argue an idea like miracles, but I'll tell you that there's just been some things that have occurred in my life that are just not explainable in any other way. God speaks to his people. He, He communicates to his people. Sometimes it's through encouragement and direction. The Bible is one way, which we talked about, but you also, have, uh, you also have the Holy Spirit working in people's lives through thoughts and through ideas that come or through the counsel of other people. God is consistently wanting to talk to us. In fact, recently I heard a story of a man who he, he was raised as a Christian, his, his family were Christians, and, but as he grew up, he kind of got in with the wrong crowd and he started following some wrong things. He got caught up in drugs and alcohol and some different stuff, he ended up going to prison. And, and all this time, he's really thinking that God is far from him. But, but after getting out of prison, he thought, you know, I've, I've really got to get my life together. And so he started trying to do things right, and he started going back to church. And one day he gave his life to Jesus once again and recommitted himself completely. And, and, and God started blessing his life. And, and he began looking back over the years, and he realized, he realized how many times God was interceding on his behalf. How many times that the judge should have really thrown the book at him, but he showed leniency? How many times that he should have died in that situation, but, but he didn't, and, and he survived? How many times he, he really could have taken even a worse path, but, but somehow something in him kept pulling him back? And he said, you know, God was dealing with me. He was talking to me, and I didn't even recognize it. This whole time, God's been talking to me, and I didn't recognize it. God speaks to us consistently, but there's one way that we get to speak back to God. And that is through prayer. Prayer is how we talk back to God or fellowship with Him. We return the fellowship. He's speaking to us in all these different ways, and now we have the privilege of saying, Hey God, here's what I think. Here's what's going on in my world. I've got three thoughts for us today. And thought one is this. Prayer is faith in action. Prayer is faith in action. If we really believe that the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, that the God of creation is here with us, listening to us, then we talk to him. We talk to him. We, we communicate with him. The early church, he faced a lot of turmoil. In fact, the, the authorities were trying to squish the church. They wanted to, they wanted to put it out of business. They wanted to make sure it was gone. They didn't like what was being taught because if what was being taught was accurate and people believed it, then it was going to reduce their power and their authority. And so they were fighting against it. They heard Peter and John Peter and John were doing miracles at the temple. The lame man got up and walked. And so they heard about that. And they said, listen, if everybody starts believing all of this, then we're going to have a real problem. So they brought Peter and John in. And here's the scribes and the Pharisees. And here's the, 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 uh, the leaders of the government of the day and so on. And they're all sitting there, both religious and secular government. So they're looking at Peter and John. And they say, if you preach in this name again, we are going to destroy you. Do you understand that? Peter and John, they, they're like, they're, they're super powerful. They're really, really energized. They're really excited. And they're like, should we listen to you or should we listen to God? But now they've got to go back to the church and tell the church, hey, listen, if we keep doing this, everybody's going to try to destroy us. 
And so they come back to the church, and the Bible says in Acts 4, 23, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers picked up their phones, their iPhones, and called their lawyers. <laughs> they immediately filed with their senators and congresspeople for a meeting, wanting to know what they could do to fight this situation. All the believers immediately began weeping and wailing and gnashing their teeth and, and trying to figure out, they called auntie and uncle and grandma and grandpa and, and oh wait, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. They didn't do any of the other things. They, they lifted their voices in prayer to God. Facing danger, they chose to pray together because their faith drove their actions. You put your faith into action when you pray. You're communicating with the one that you cannot see and that you know is greater than the situation you face. You're putting that, you're saying, I really believe it. I believe it enough to where I'm going to talk to him before I talk to anybody else. And prayer at its core is communication. It's, it's that, that, that back and forth that happens between you and another. It's communicating with God. And so I want to actually destroy a lie here today that I think really plagues the people of God who want to play, pray but struggle to pray. And that is this, the lie is special words must be used to pray properly. That, that there's a certain verbiage or vocabulary, there's a certain syntax that must be utilized in order for God to really hear what's, what you're saying, for God to really connect with you. And if you haven't prayed a lot, you might hear others pray, and so you kind of take on their prayer language. Or maybe you, you've been taught how to uh, pray some, uh, some written prayers or prayers that you might recite. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. There's nothing wrong with any of that. If what you're reading, if what you are quoting, if what you are saying is actually coming from your heart. If it's really you communicating to God in sincerity in what you're saying, there's nothing wrong with any of that. But the truth is this, your prayer should sound like you. Your prayer should sound like you. So if you get up in the morning and you just naturally speak in Old English, <laughs> my soul doth glory in the wonder of this day. If that's your way of saying good morning, then you should probably pray something like, Father, thou art gracious in all thou doest. Now look upon the tribulation of thy servant and intercede on mine behalf. It would make sense that that's how you would pray. Because it sounds like you. But I'll tell you that sometimes my prayer sounds more like, Lord, I need you. I'm clueless right now. And I just need you to give me some wisdom. I don't care if you do it by divine intervention or if you put somebody in my path or I open up the book and there's something. I don't care how you do it. I just need you to help me. If that's what's in your heart, that's what he needs to see. And, 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 and you're not going to shock God by anything you're saying. If you talk to your friend Joe, 
and then you talk to God, God already heard your conversation with Job. Meaning you're not going to shock him by what you say or how you say it. It has to come from your heart. And, 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 and it has to be a sincere reality that's in your life. Prayer is faith in action. When we pray together, it's the faith of the community in action. We pray because we believe. And we pray together because we believe together. In fact, Jesus gave us a prayer to pray. And so here, we're going to put it on the, on the screens, and, and I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. And, and pray it like you mean it. Not like just like you're reading it, but pray it like you mean it in your life. He says, Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If that's what's in your heart, then you have just prayed and communicated with God. If it isn't what's in your heart, then it's what you have read off the screen. And it's less communication. Praying together brings a supernatural focus of our faith into our natural relationships, and it becomes a group conversation. When I was up here with Pastor Benton, I could have just talked to him. Hey, Pastor Benton, we're really happy that you are going to to Russia. Yes, I'm very happy I'm going to Russia as well. We pray, we hope that it's a, a safe trip and, a, and that you, you know, do a good job and, you know, don't embarrass McCord and things like that. And uh, yes, I hope that I do, don't do that too. And I hope I, everything works out really well. And that's a two-way conversation. But when we say, let's pray, now we're inviting a third party into this natural conversation. And now we have a divine connection in the natural conversation so when the bible says two or three are gathered together in my name there i am in the midst of them what he's saying is there's a divine connection within the context of this natural connection that you have and now you're having a group conversation saying god we're we're asking you to intercede into this situation right here i've had the privilege of being able to pray for several people this morning and all we're doing, we're just standing there, two, two people standing there, and, and, and we're saying, we, we want this third party to be engaged in this. Prayer is faith in action. And thought number two is prayer is effective. It's effective. I think many people struggle with prayer because we question its effectiveness. We're, we're just not sure that it really is doing anything. Most of the time, it ends up being somewhat of a last resort. We say, okay, I have tried everything. I, I, have, I have given every ounce of energy and strength. I've called every contact that I have. I've, I've tried everything that I can possibly do. And now I'm at the end of my rope. And so I guess now I'm going to pray. How about praying before you have, while you still have some rope left in your life? If we believe that we are actually communicating with divinity who has all power and all authority, why would we leave it to, as a last resort to call upon him? In fact, 1 Timothy says, I urge you, first of all, to pray. 
The early church, they prayed before they did anything else because they knew it was effective. They knew that it would make a difference in the situation. I would tell you this morning that the level of intimacy in our relationship with God is equal to the amount we are willing to pray. If we want to have intimacy with God, to be able to have that kind of relationship with Him, it will require a greater amount of prayer. Because remember, prayer is communication with God. So Christy and I have been married for 21 years now, and, and here we are, and, and, and you know, so happy together, and so on. But if the last communication that she and I had was whenever I, when, when the preacher said, do you take this man to be your wedded husband? Do you take this woman to be your wedded wife? I do. Great job. If that's the last conversation that we ever had, we could live in the same house. We could even have children together. You can have children without intimacy. We might could even operate as a, quote, couple. But we would not have intimacy in our marriage, in our relationship. Right now, she already knows what I'm thinking. In fact, she probably knows what I'm thinking tomorrow. (laughs) There's intimacy in our marriage because there's a lot of communication. When we tell our story, we often say we started a conversation that we never stopped. We just never stopped talking. And it's true. We never stop talking. There's a lot of communication. So with God, people say, well, I don't know if God's talking to me. I don't know if God's interacting in my life. I don't know. I don't know if I have that kind of relationship with God. And my first question is going to be, what is your prayer life like? How are you praying? How often are you praying? See, Jesus loves us. He has saved us. But intimacy is built through fellowship and communicating with him is the only way, the only way to increase intimacy. One of the things I love about this church is that this is a praying church. It's a church with people in it that understand the power of prayer. And I appreciate so much our prayer team that meets on Fridays. And and I appreciate so much... The, the many people that are on the prayer team, even some that don't meet on Fridays, but are part of the email blasts that go out that say, we need help praying about this particular situation. And people tell me all the time, I got the email, I'm praying about that situation. And, and from January to now, we've had 115 prayer requests that we know for a fact have been answered by God. We thank God for that. It's incredible. And in fact, if you are someone who has had God answer a prayer, you know that God has worked on your behalf and you have a testimony or a story that you would like to share. If you just email your story to go to this website, mccordroad.org front slash my dash story. If you type that in and and you you can type out your your testimony and it will be a testimony that can be shared with others to, to increase faith, to bless others with what God has done in your life. And we encourage you to do that. Share your story because we know that God answers prayer. Prayer is effective. It changes things. And I can tell you that it has absolutely changed my life. Last week we referenced James James chapter 5, where the scripture records, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. 
wonderful results. Now last week we kind of focused on the idea of confess your sins one to another. Because in fellowship there's a mutual accountability that's developed. But it does say the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. And that's an exciting part of the scripture because it says that we can have an impact or an effect on what's going on in our lives when we pray. So that word prayer, if you break it down into original language, it means a sincere and intense bringing of an urgent need. A sincere and intense bringing of an urgent need. So when we pray, there has to be a sincerity to it. A few minutes ago, I told you that if, uh, that, that, uh, bring your phone too, please. Um, I told you that if you are one who has learned to pray uh, either memorized prayers or pray from written manuscripts or something, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. If it's communicating what's in your heart. But I told you that Christy and I have been married for 21 years and we talk a lot. A whole lot. But if I walked up to her with a script and I said, Christy, I want to tell you what is in my heart, heart. I, I love you and think you are awesome. Now, how sincere does this seem to her? If, if one, I've got to write down, I love you, so I can remember to say it in the conversation. And, and I think you're awesome. Uh, I had to sound out the word awesome. You know, I mean, it, at some point, she's going to look, she's going to say, well, is this sincere? Now, I know some people who, thank you, baby. I know some people who have written down uh, things in order so, that the, so they don't forget it. I, I bring notes to the stage because, uh, because I know that as I get going, when I don't have notes, I preach for two hours. When I do have notes, I preach for 35, 45 hour or so. Um, and and it, just, it just helps me stay focused. So if, if, if somebody's having a conversation with you and they brought notes, um, then it's not necessarily insincere. You just want to make sure that what is being communicated is sincere and intense, meaning that you're serious about it. Then it says of a righteous person. Now, a righteous person is someone defined in Scripture as one who's in right relationship with God. So he's talking about saved people. He's saying the, the intense and, and real and sincere prayer of a, of a saved person. He's not saying that, that prayer only works for saved people. Because it's actually in prayer that someone is saved. Where they come to Christ and they in prayer communicate with him. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I know you're the only savior. And so I'm giving my life over to you 100%. And I'm accepting you as my Lord and savior. And I'm going to walk in your salvation the rest of my life. It is in prayer that a sinner becomes a saint. So prayer is effective for everyone. But he is saying this. He says the, the effective uh, the prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. It means that it has as great power. It's, it's a different kind of power that happens whenever a saint of God calls upon a father. It's the same thing that if, if, an, if a, another child yells out Micah or pastor or dad 
I may eventually look over at them. But if I hear the voice of one of my children saying the same things, I instantly respond. Why? Because they're my child. So if you're his child today, then what he's telling is you have a special authority in him through prayer that maybe others do not have. And then I I like this part. I really like this part. The phrase has great power and produces wonderful results. That's actually a single Greek word, and it means to energize. So he's saying prayer energizes the situation. Prayer brings energy to the situation that it did not previously have. I heard an old joke years ago that uh, I really didn't understand for a long time. Somebody finally explained it to me. Maybe I'll have to explain it to you. I don't know. This guy goes to the store and he buys a chainsaw. And on the box of the chainsaw, it says, we'll cut 12 cords of wood a day. And so he's super excited because he cuts a lot of wood, apparently. And so he takes the chainsaw home, he goes up into the woods, and he starts cutting wood. And, and the first day, he gets through like one cord of wood, and he is just sweating, he's giving it everything he's got, and he's like, I got it. I'm done, but this is, this is not, something's got to be different. So next day, he gets back up there, and he starts working. I mean, he starts early, he eats a heavy breakfast, he's ready for the day. He gets up there, and he's cutting wood and cutting wood, and, and by the end of the day, he's got a cord and a half, and he's like, man, that's better than yesterday, but still, it promised 12 cords of wood so he takes the chainsaw back to the to the store and he says to the guy listen i, I need to return this something I, something it's, it's it's defective he, he said you gotta you gotta do something with this because he said why what's wrong with it and he said I, I don't know i'm just cutting i'm cutting one cord then a cord and a half of wood and it's just not working for me it promised 12 cords of the wood and so they they shop owner you know tinkers with the chainsaw for a few minutes and and flips the switches and turns knobs and goes bum, 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 bum. and and the guy goes what's that sound <laughs> y'all are smarter than i am <laughs> when you energize a chainsaw it works better And when you energize your life through prayer, it works better. Maybe you're in a situation where you feel stuck and you're just not going anywhere. And and, and you want to go somewhere, but you can't. Maybe there's nothing you can do physically, but you can energize your situation when you start praying about it. Maybe you're struggling to hear God's voice in your life. Start praying. Energize the relationship that you have with God. Communication energizes relationships. And when you do that, it energizes your relationship with God and suddenly there's a new energy there and and it will help you start hearing God's voice easier. Maybe you're feeling alone. Maybe you're just walking through life and you're by yourself and you're feeling completely alone. I would say energize your life through prayer. You will find him to be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You'll find him one who will never leave you or forsake you. You will find him to be one who will reveal in your life that you are enough. You don't need anybody else to make you whole. Doesn't mean that you won't meet the right person. It'll just be a whole person meeting the right person. Maybe you're dealing with temptations in life. And no matter what you do, you just can't seem to get over that particular uh, temptation, that particular sin. I can tell you, the best thing you could ever do is start praying in the middle of temptation. You see that thing that you, don't, that you know you shouldn't be looking at. And, and, and instead of trying to figure out how you can fix it, just start talking to Jesus. Jesus, 
You know what I'm seeing. You know I like seeing it. But I don't need to see it, Jesus. So I'm asking you to help me right now to not see that. I'm, helping you to deal, help, I'm asking you to help me to deal with it right now. And you will energize your power, your authority, your ability to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. It, it, it energizes things. Maybe you're going through a tough time and it just feels like nothing's working like it should. Get into that place of prayer and just say, Lord, I, I need you. And, and again, it's, it's about communication. So I just act like Jesus is sitting in that chair over there. I get me a cup of coffee. Jesus likes coffee. <laughs> Who knew? So he's sitting there and I'm sitting here. And I just picture him sitting in that chair. And I drink my coffee. And he and I have a conversation. And I listen. I talk to him. And then I listen. Sometimes he speaks in, in, in a thought. Sometimes he speaks three days later. As somebody's talking to me and says, Hey, have you ever thought about? Boo! Revelation comes. Don't make it a big deal to have the conversation. Just have the conversation. When, when, when you are knowing that he's there, you can have the conversation easily. Choosing to, prayer, to pray rather is not a last resort. It's a first response. It's being proactive. It's engaging in the battle. Prayer is refusing to be complacent and becoming a victim of life and chance. Prayer is effective. Thought number three, prayer engages expectations. In Mark eleven twenty two, 22, Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe you receive, you've received it, it will be yours. Now, there are passages of Scripture that have been used by different people and, have, and, and now create such a, a visceral response in folks. This is one of them. Some people read this passage of Scripture and they say, oh, that means this, or oh, that means that. Well, let's not try to validate or invalidate what anybody else says about the Scripture. Let's just look at what the Scripture says and recognize a few things. Number one, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said these words. Secondly, Jesus is outright stating that the potential impact of prayer is incredible. When I preached this verse of scripture in Kona, Hawaii, we lived on Mount Hualalai, and I just asked them if they were going to practice casting mountains into the sea, please do it on Maui. Um, Jesus is clearly saying that if we pray in faith, we can expect something to occur. Now, you might be somebody who says, I don't know if I believe in miracles, but what if he's telling the truth? What if you are just stopping God from doing what he could do in your life in an amazing way? So what does it mean to pray in faith? In faith. Look at Hebrews eleven six. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So praying in faith declares our belief that the one we cannot see exists. 
The reason why I'm driving down the road in my car saying, Jesus, I love you, and, I, and here's the situation in my life, God, and this is what I'm thinking, and, and I'm asking, you know, is that the right thing to do? I, I'm just not certain on that, and so on and so forth. The reason I'm doing that is because I believe that he exists, therefore I'm talking to him. Speaking in itself isn't effective. We speak because we believe. Now, I, I believe in silent, contemplative prayer. I, I think it's great. But there's also a time for speaking that prayer out loud. Sometimes I speak prayers out loud because I want to confirm in my own ears what I'm saying. I believe it. There's been times I've started out praying without much faith. But by the time I was done, I had great faith because I was speaking it and I could, only, I could say it and hear it at the same time. It also means praying in faith means believing he rewards those who seek him. People who believe God can and will answer, pray. I believe he'll, he'll, I believe he'll answer. And because of that, I will ask. I believe he'll answer, so I, that, uh, that means I'll speak. I believe that there's a back and forth, so I engage in this area of faith. Our true expectations are placed in those that we actually know. This morning, your expectations are on those that you know. The people that you do not know, you do not have an expectation of. In a few minutes, our musicians are going to come walking on the stage. And when Pastor Matt walks on this stage, I'm going to have some expectations of him. I'm expecting that he's going to come up here and he's going to pick up his guitar and he's going to do a good job. And that he's going to lead us in worship. And I don't have that expectation of the guy I saw in the mall three days ago. I don't know his name. I don't know if he can play. I'm fairly certain I'm happy he's not coming to the stage at this moment. We have expectations of people that we know. So if we know God, we begin having expectations of God. There are some things that I pray and I just say, God, I'm expecting you to handle this. Because there is no other option. If I could handle it, I'd have done it. But I can't. So I'm expecting you to handle it. Your level of expectation in God will increase as you increase your fellowship with God. So prayer is fellowship with God. And today, if you are a person who prays often, I encourage you, keep praying. Keep praying. Don't pull back. Increase your intimacy with Him. If you're someone who's always prayed silently, I'm going to encourage you, find a place. I, I pray a lot in my basement. My basement's nice because I turn on the music and I close the door and, and, I, and I just, I, I move everything. I, everything I do, I move. And so I pray while I'm walking back and forth. Jesus knows I'm wearing a rut in the carpet right in that spot. So that's where I do it. You do it wherever you want to. There's no particular place. I wish I had time to go into the woman at the well. I don't. There's no particular place. There's no particular words. It's just communication between you and God. And so I go to the basement and just say, Hey, God, I love you. I'm asking you to forgive me for my sins because I've done some stupid stuff. And I'm asking you to forgive me. And I thank you for your forgiveness. Here's what's going on in my world. And I just start talking to him. Increase your intimacy. I hope I'm, in, I'm uh, convincing some to, to give consistent prayer a try. 
But all the biblical revelations on prayer will not as accomplish as much to convince you of prayer's power as one answered prayer. So I'm gonna, we're going to pray right now. And I'm going to ask you to get into your mind, into your heart, that thing that you need God to work out in your life. And we're going to ask God to answer that prayer. Immediately, you start coming up with reasons why it can't happen. Well, you know, I mean, we're going to ask about this, but you know, the only area that God cannot just do is a miracle where it, it involves someone else's will. If I'm praying, I don't know why I'm saying this, I didn't say this in the last service, but if I'm praying, God, save my son. My son, if my son says, I do not want to be saved, God will not override his will in order to save him. But what God will do is consistently influence his life, consistently call in his life. And eventually, here's my belief with you. I believe that one day your son, your daughter, your grandson, your granddaughter, one day they're going to wake up and they're going to say, I do not know why, but I know Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I've been, I've been refusing that call my whole life, but today I'm believing and I know that it is true. And so today I'm going to reestablish my relationship with him. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. So Father, we believe you right now. We believe you right now for the thing that's in every mind and in every heart. We believe you and we trust you. We're talking to you about it right now because we, we believe that you exist and that you reward those who diligently seek you. And so we're seeking you with earnest and with sincere and passionate hearts. You know the needs. You know the situations. You know where there needs to be clarity and understanding. You know where there needs to be safety. You know where there needs to be healing. We're calling for people to come out of the drug and alcohol world. We're, we're calling for people to go straight coming out of prison. We're, we're praying right now for, for families to be reunited. We're praying right now for children to come back to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We're praying right now. We're believing you for financial miracles to happen in homes. We're praying right now for job situations to open up, for businesses to explode in growth and development. We're praying right now that there'd be understanding given in, in hearts and and peace we're praying that there would be peace in homes right now we're praying that relationships between spouses and children would be reestablished mighty god we're praying that you would do what only you can do we trust you we believe you and we thank you for it right now in jesus name and let everybody say amen praise god We're going to close this service. If you'd stand with me, uh, elders, come on forward and let's pray together. If you have a need, as we sing this last song, if you have a need in your life, let us join with you in prayer and let God touch your life.